Welcome to the Now You Know Akron podcast, brought to you by the journalists of BeaconJournal.com. Each week, they will share their expertise on Akron and Summit County. Now, here's your host, Craig Webb. Good morning. This is Betty Lynn Fisher. I'm the medical reporter and consumer columnist with the Akron Beacon Journal. I'm here today with Dr. Allison Weldon, um, the sports psychologist with Akron Children's Hospital. And we are here for um, my Healthy Actions column, which is um, a a relaunch of a series that I was doing before COVID and really an opportunity for um, me to talk to a lot of the different experts we have um, in town and give people um, access to, uh, you know, to various experts about um, different topics um, that are of interest. So, um, Dr. Weldon, thank you so much for joining me. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I understand that you actually um, came to Children's uh, during the pandemic, uh, but you are from Northeast Ohio. Yes, I grew up in the Northeast Ohio area, um, up in the Parma area, actually, where I went through school. And then um, for grad or for undergraduate, I went to Ursuline College where I played soccer. And then I went on to get straight from undergrad into my PhD program at the University of Houston. And then I made my way back to Cleveland for my internship um, back in June of 2016. And then I just kind of I forced my husband to move up here and we've lived here ever since. Okay, great. Tell me a little bit about what a sports psychologist does or who might come and see a sports psychologist. Yeah, so a sports psychologist is not too much different than your general psychologist. I mean, we treat a lot of the same kind of problems. It's just more from the sports perspective for what I do. So um, an athlete may come and see me if they had an injury, uh, whether that's a major injury that required surgery or, you know, a broken bone and had significant lost time, or it could be a more minor injury, but it's causing a lot of anxiety or stress and they're having troubles with returning, they may come in for that. Um, I definitely have concussion patients that come to see me because when we get a concussion, a lot of things go haywire, including emotion regulation. Plus there's lost time with concussions. Um, Some can be pretty significant lost times. So um, athletes may see me for lost time due to anxiety or some depressive like symptoms. Um, Not everyone is clinically like meeting, you know, major depressive disorder or generalized anxiety disorder diagnoses, but definitely things are going on that are causing some challenges there. I also have patients that come see me just because they're having some mental blocks. So um, this happens frequently with my runners or my, I've had a lot of cheerleaders or gymnasts that come to me because they just can't get over a particular skill that they once did. Maybe they got injured or maybe Um, For whatever reason, there's just a mental block kind of preventing them from being able to move forward. And so we work through that, as well as athletes who want to come uh, and see me because they want to move on to the next level. So whether that's they want to be a collegiate athlete or whether they are really hoping to go professional, um, they'll come see me for the more performance enhancement, performance improvement side to things, because while sports are very physical, we can definitely (laughs) see that aspect of it they are sometimes equally, if not more mental as well. And so there's lots of things that athletes don't know or um, don't know how to continue to push themselves to get to those levels that they want to get to. So lots of different reasons why an athlete may come see me. Right. And are they usually being seen um, with a referral from like, are they usually seeing kind of the sports medicine um, doc and then the sports medicine doc says, hey, you know, I think I'd like you to see Dr. Weldon as well. Yeah, so that definitely happens a lot of the time. We have um, sports medicine is probably my number one referral source. 
um, orthopedics as well. So if they're going to ortho for like a torn ACL or maybe um, a broken bone that required surgery or torn labrum, different, you know, different body parts that <laughs> need you know, surgical repair, ortho will send them over too, as well as um, sports rehab will. So if they're seeing some sports or they're doing some physical therapy with sports rehab and they're having some setbacks or they're not progressing as fast as they should be, or just the, the, um, physical therapist is seeing some signs of like hesitation. They may send them over to me as well, but then I do have a fair share of community referrals. Um, I have had general practitioners send them to me. Our neurodevelopmental center will also send them up for like the TBI clinic. Um, send them up to me after they've had like a pretty significant concussion if they're an athlete as well. So really kind of all over, but I would say, yes, sports mode probably sends me the most. Okay. And are, are there a few sports um, psychologists on staff at Children's or are you the only one? I am currently the only one. The hope is eventually we will grow the department, but right now it's just me. Okay. Okay. And what age range would you say that you, you know, see mostly teens or do you see younger kids too? So I would say the majority of them are teenage range. So probably... About, I would say probably starting around 12 to 18 is probably the majority of my patients, but I do have a couple kids that are college-aged. Um, I will see up through 22, definitely, and then above that, I, I get approval. Um, but I also have some younger, like I think my youngest is nine. Um, I can see the gamut. My training allows me to see as young as I mean, really, I can see really little, but obviously um, sports isn't exactly the most important thing in like a three, four, five-year-old. But I would say definitely here, seven and above would be my comfort zone. Okay. Okay. Um, So there seems to be so much um, more awareness about mental health in sports, you know, with some high profile athletes like Simone Biles, you know, withdrawing from parts of the um, Olympics because of her mental health, because of things going on. You know, what do you think is happening? Do you think something has changed um, in in kind of the this fear? Are people more open to talking about it's probably multifaceted? I'm going to throw a couple things out. You know, is it people are more open to talk about it? Um, you know, has the pandemic, uh, you know, um, made it more, um, you know, I, personally, I think people have been more more willing to, to talk in general about like their mental health, just, you know, as especially when everybody was sitting at home. So, you know, what do you think has um it's not a buzzword, but it does seem like so many more people are willing to talk about their mental health when they weren't before. Yeah, I do think it is very multifaceted. Um, I do think that the shift in society, while there's still a lot of legwork that needs to be done, I think our natural shift in society of being more open and willing to accept mental health as a real thing. Um, and I think the pandemic has honestly helped with that a lot in one of the benefits, I guess, to come of the pandemic, <laughs> unfortunately, I guess, um, fortunately, unfortunately, both something everybody went through. Right. So, yeah. And so I think that that acceptance is allowing more people to speak about it. And then I think the more high profile athletes we have coming out, speaking about and sharing about some of the struggles they've experienced. Uh, Simone Biles was definitely huge. I know Michael Phelps has been huge about pushing mental health related things. Um trying to think of the other ones that have come out, but there's definitely been a lot of more high profile athletes that have started talking about it. Um, Even in just reading different sports blogs, there's been some several hockey players that have come out about it. There's been football players that have come out and talked about their mental health and needing services. Um, Definitely in the tennis world as well, that was kind of shed, like that shed light to a lot of things. And I think that's really helping. 
And I think just the nature of being having the word sports in front of the word psychologist really helps too. I think a lot of my athletes in the past, you know, parents have been like, I really wanted to get them help for a while now, but they haven't been open to it. And then just seeing sports, it's like, oh, okay, I can see that. That makes it better. So I think that also helps too, with just having that be something. Right. And more and more professional teams have, if not all of the professional sports now, have access to sports psychologists for each team. So I think that that's also helping make this more and more acceptable for others. Sure. Okay. Let's talk, let's talk specifically about the kids. So, you know, I know that kids, even from a really young age, you know, you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? A professional football player, right? I mean, everybody wants to be that professional um, um, athlete or, you know, dream of getting that full ride to college, you know, scholarship to college or play in college. Um, and some of those dreams come true, but a lot of those dreams don't. <laughs> um, and so, you know, can you talk to me a little bit about the challenges that youth athletes have, even from a young age of, um, you know, pressures and from themselves, from their parents and early burnout um, and, and then injuries that they can't control. Yeah. And I think that that the injuries and the burnout is something that is happening much more frequently now because sports have shifted to being no matter what sport it is, it's an all year option, whether that's I mean, softball, baseball have gone to full year year round options, which hadn't been in the past. And I think that, unfortunately, this whole sports specialization that we're kind of focusing on is really one of the biggest things and biggest challenges that um, a lot of athletes, and I'm, I'm seeing that a lot with a lot of my younger patients, is just how do I stay motivated? How do I stay interested in this? They're losing interest in certain things. And I think that that pressure kind of takes away the fun of sports. Mm-hmm. And really, that's what sports are meant to be. They're meant to be fun. And if we can't enjoy it, what's the point of doing it? And I think that's a really big struggle that we're kind of facing. And the injury aspect is no matter what's going to happen. I mean, every athlete at some point experiences some sort of injury, hopefully only minor. But, you know, there are plenty that face major injuries. And um, I think part of that is our developing bodies aren't. And I think sports med doctors would speak to this. Our developing bodies aren't ready for the amount of impact on some that is kind of given from some of these sports. And so injuries are just much more common because of that, which Mm -hmm. then takes the mental toll because they're losing time. And depending on when that comes in, um, especially if it's more, you know, those athletes who do want to go on to college and then go on professional after that, you know, they, I mean, college starts looking at, especially D one starts really looking at like eighth, ninth grade. And so if an injury happens around there, a lot of the times they feel that they're not going to be able to get that scholarship then, or they're not going to be able to get to that college that they really wanted to because they have an injury. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is probably just overuse. Our body needs time off <laughs> and we're just not allowing that to happen. Right, right. Well, and then there's that pressure of, well, like you said, I mean, I don't have time to take off because it's full year. And if I don't do that, then I'm not going to be good enough. And right, it's this whole balance. Mm-hmm. So what kind of tips do you have for kids? I mean, they don't want to hear take time off. (laughs) Right. They definitely don't. Um, And so it's a lot of just trying to figure out mentally, how can we accept that time off is needed? And so we work through, um, you know, I kind of talk about it where with them about like relating it to school and how we have breaks in school and we really enjoy those breaks, right? (laughs) Those are fun. Um, Those are exciting, but they're needed too. I mean, for the teachers, but also as a student, they need that time off to be able to be a kid 
And if we're focusing all of our attention into the sport, when are you able to be a kid? When are you able to go and just have fun with your friends and not your friends on your team and you're having fun then, but how do we go have fun? What can we do there? Um, and I, and that's how I also spin injury sometimes for my athletes is, well, let's view this as it's a much needed rest. It's a much needed time off. You're going to go most often if they're injured, they're going through physical therapy. It's like, you're coming back and you're going to be a stronger, better athlete than you were prior to that injury because your body's had time to rest. Plus you're rehabbing the part that needs to be strengthened. And so kind of spinning it that way for them as well, because it's definitely a big challenge. Right. So that's one thing to be telling the students who are under 18 um, and that then, but then, you know, um, how do you, how do you pose it to their parents? Right. I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen it, you know, as, as my, my kids uh, grew up and went through sports, a lot of times those parents are frankly living their childhood through their kid. Right. And that's why sometimes, I mean, frankly, I think sometimes that's why it's the burnout, right? The kid doesn't want to play baseball anymore, but the parent wants them to, right? And the parent is still the parent. So, you know, how do you get through to the parent who says, no, 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 they don't have time. They don't have time to take off. You know, they got to do this and this and this and get to this camp. A lot of it is me just providing them with psychoeducation on what the mental toll it's taking on their child and how, if they really do want them to get to that level and the the child athlete also wants to get to that level that they need to allow that space and they need to allow that time so that um, they can mentally and physically recoup. And it's a very challenging thing. Oh, you're right. Parents don't really want to hear that. They they want to, you know, make sure their child's doing the best they can. But then they also use those words to me like, well, I just want to be there and support them as best as I can. So I, I kind of use their own words. <laughs> The, I guess, against them in some way uh, to help shift that and be like, okay, well, what does your child need right now? Like, let's take a break and look at what is needed. And then that generally helps with them seeing a little differently. That doesn't necessarily mean that they agree or like what I'm telling them, but right. it'll, it allows that space to kind of hear and see like, okay, yeah, you're right. Little Joey here does need to take that month off and it's not going to be the end of the world. Mm-hmm. He will be okay. And then using that, like, He's strengthening. It'll it'll be better for him when he comes back. He'll be a stronger athlete. Right. Um, okay. And then what about like when an injury happens? Obviously, nobody plans for an injury, right? And an injury can be from overuse or just from, you know, a freak injury. Um, and so it's ne- it's obviously never planned, right? No one ever plans for an injury. And so I'm sure it's such a it's such a blow to the athlete and to the parents. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about, you know, aside from the physical injury, um, you know, the mental health, uh, you know, perspective of it, of, you know, what does it do to the, you know, I'm sure it hurts their self-confidence and, um, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of tips do you have of like what happens, you know, when you, you, you probably, the, the, the athletes are pretty, probably at a pretty low when they come see you after an injury. Yeah. Yeah. So confidence wise, definitely does take a blow. Um, I would say some athletes will come in and feel and and see it as a much needed break, but most often than not, they don't see it that way. They're devastated by having to take the time off. They start to feel a loss of identity. They feel um, that their team is going to be moving on without them, that they're not going to be needed when they come back. Sometimes there's also that fear of going back to the sport because they may get re-injured. Um, whether it's the same exact injury or happening to, you know, a different part of their body. Uh, And so there's a lot of mental kind of struggles that kind of come from there. And I would say 
social probably takes one of the biggest tolls at first uh, because, you know, they were with their team, depending on what age they are and what sport they're playing and how involved they are. But they're, you know, with their team, a good portion of the week. And then to have that kind of removed from themselves um, becomes hard. And some of them then like to isolate and really kind of pull themselves away, which we really want to avoid. We want to try to keep them involved in their team as much as possible when ready, you know, not forcing them to go the day after the injury if they're not ready to go. But if they, you know, take a week or two weeks, it's like, okay, how can we start getting you back in? What, what game do you want to go watch? Okay. What practice do you want to go attend? Because the more that they can be a part of that team, the more their team will then still, you know, view them as a friend, the more the coach still sees them and, you know, views them as dedicated, which is really helpful, especially for those that want to, continue on that specific team or kind of maybe make a higher level of that same club team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure in some cases, um, you know, the the student um, maybe appreciates that team more when they're able to return or the the coach, you know, appreciates them more, uh, you know, like when you when you don't have something and then you, mm-hmm. you get it back. Um, you know, what about, you know, in some cases, some of these injuries are something that they can't come back from and that they're going to have to, you know, leave that sport. How do you help, how do you help an athlete deal with that? Yeah, that's, it's a really hard process because we do consider that like forced retirement, Mm -hmm. even if they're, you know, 14 years old, like that's, you know, still retiring from a sport and it's really hard when it's not a choice. It's hard even when it is a choice, but Mm -hmm. definitely when it's not your choice, it's really hard and it's really working on shifting that identity. So you know, if they viewed themselves as a gymnast before, it's like, okay, so great, you were a gymnast, but what else can you be? Because the goal of sports, I mean, it's fun, but also to help build that active lifestyle or that healthy lifestyle for the future. And so it's like, well, how can we redefine yourself? So you can't do gymnastics anymore. Is there something else that you can do? Can you do a different sport? Are you interested in something else? Um, so trying to find something else that they can physically do that it's not limited to them and still be involved, whether that be even just going to like yoga (laughs) or completely joining a a different sport or something that just helps them shift that focus and helps them understand that. But also they often, when we have this loss, go through the same stages that we would do if we are warning the death of a loved one. Mm -hmm. And so helping them process through those emotions and normalizing it, because that's the part that becomes a challenge is a lot of times people are like, you shouldn't feel that way. Like you had this great career before that. It's like, no, they need to be validated for their emotion because their emotions are real. And it doesn't matter how we think they may seem ridiculous in that mo- in that moment or for that like event, it's real to them. And so it's just validating them and helping them through that grief process, which looks different for every person and every athlete. Right, right. So we talked about, um, you know, the forced retirement or, you know, finality of an injury, forcing somebody to change or stop a sport. But, you know, this is the end of the school year here. We've got a lot of seniors. I had this last year with with my senior, Um, you know, fortunately he ended up going to, you know, uh, continue his sports. So I didn't have to deal with this, but I saw so many parents and athletes. Well, I'm going to say I saw it from the parent side where they were so sad that this was the last game they'd see, or this was the last, whatever, when you've been watching them for, you know, okay, not 18, you know, 15 years from peewee to the end, you know, like, how do you, you know, what tips do you have for the athletes as well as kind of, you know, the weeping parents, um, for, you know, how you go from, gosh, I have nothing to do on a Saturday <laughs> all day anymore. Um, you know, just that kind of finality of, 
of um, high school ending and going on to college. Yeah. So for the athlete, it's definitely a little easier to manage. Not greatly easier, but I mean, I can have them fill their time a little easier than uh, the parent side of it. But I would say for the athlete side, once again, going back to kind of what I said with like the forced retirement of how do we redefine ourselves? So, yeah, you may have played football or, yeah, you may have played basketball or whatever sport they played, but that doesn't define who you are as a person. So how can we redefine ourselves as, you know, do you want to be an athlete? Do you want to be athletic? Do you want to be, do you want to do something else? Um, and finding other ways that they can potentially get involved in intramurals or club sports or anything that is offered through the school or the community that they're in. I know a lot of the times that's also an option, you know, having played soccer, there's lots of different leagues, women's leagues, men's leagues, co-ed leagues, and you can play those at various ages. And so just joining a league, putting yourself outside of your comfort zone and trying something new, um, those can all be ways that can help manage some of that loss of the sport, but continue to be athletic or continue on into maybe not competitively, but continue to play at some level of that same sport if available. Certain sports have more options than others. Um, But from the parent side, it's really hard um, because it is it's it is a huge loss when you go from spending every weekend for months on end watching your child play and then that's just gone (laughs) so it's i guess for them a lot of like finding helping them find things that they enjoy doing in a a non it could be sports wide it sports wise it could be not sports wise but just finding them something else that they can do and kind of fill that time um and just helping them understand like why the choice was made to not pursue um and just of revamping their own perception of themselves and their child and being like not mourning the loss but celebrating what they did get to experience sure that's a good that's a good way to think of it um let's go back to um, the athletes and let's talk a little bit about um healthy competition you know um you know what you know we all know what makes good competition and bad competition um and you know you of course want to you know beat that opponent. Um, but you know, do you have some tips on how to prepare for a game, how to be a good sport, you know, within, within the the game or the, the event? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, I always want to make sure the athlete understands that they're supposed to be having fun, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a sport and sports are supposed to be fun. Now that doesn't mean they're not stressful. That doesn't mean a big game's not coming up and we really want to win that game. So we go on to that championship or we win that championship, but that it's still always meant to be fun. Um, And so focusing on that, but then also focusing on the fact that um, they need to learn how to accept mistakes because they're going to happen. We look at professional athletes and doesn't matter if you're LeBron James or not (laughs) you know he still makes mistakes too he's human and so recognizing that mistakes are going to happen and so to not get down on yourself or that not get down on a teammate who makes that mistake like it's not their fault yeah they may have been the one that missed that you know catch but that's not it's not the end of the world that's just one kind of play and a team makes up the sport not just one player and then also looking at the fact that everyone has to win or lose. Like both teams can't win. 
<laughs> Both teams can't lose. <laughs> like, I know some sports allow ties, but anymore, especially at the professional level, that's just not a thing. Right. So somebody's going to have to win and somebody's going to have to lose. And that's just a part of the game. And sometimes it's your team and sometimes it's not. And we have to learn how to accept that. And I think learning that from a younger age where I know a lot of sports have shifted to, you know, everybody's a winner. Everyone gets a medal, which is great. I think that that's helpful. But I also think that that's kind of creating this bad sportsmanship when we get older, when we get to high school and there are winners and losers. And then what do you do? Mm -hmm. That's hard. But kind of focusing on all of that with them from both the parent perspective of the, you know, the parents talking about that, as well as, you know, things that I do with them of like, this is going to happen. And that's just a part of the game. And if we look at the game as a whole, what are the rules? <laughs> and, and it helps them understand and grasp that more as a, how to be a good sport about it. Do you give um, your athletes kind of some um, mindfulness tips or things about like kind of how to prepare for a game, you know, going into like maybe even like, you know, after school and, you know, the game's going to start at six o'clock, you know, what do you do? Yep. So uh, it always depends on the athlete and what they really buy into. But I am really big on doing a lot of positive mental imagery, especially with my more anxious kids that are more fearful of returning to certain things for like visualizing themselves performing that particular skill or, you know, performing well. Um, very big proponent of that because that helps to reduce that anxiety and that like stress that we feel, um, some deep breathing exercises. Um, sometimes it's also focusing on not focusing on the routine that they do before the game, because I think a lot of athletes come into a, well, I put on this shoe first and then this shoe, and then we won the game. So now I have to do that every time. And then each time they win, it adds a little something more. And before you know it, their pregame routine is like an hour. It's like, okay, we don't need to do all of that. <laughs> so let's take a, take a step back and um, kind of challenging them to push them outside of that comfort zone. So they see that that's not something we need to rely on. It's not what made you score that game winning goal. <laughs> um, so a lot of, you know, relaxation, you know, mindfulness based kind of things going on there. OK, great. Um, I don't want to, um, you know, forget the academics here. Right. So so athletes are students first um, and then athletes. So, you know, can you talk to me a little bit about balancing athletics and um, academics? I think that is a great um, kind of topic because that is something that is very stressful to a lot of my especially high school athletes the younger grades have an easier job kind of managing that just by the nature of when we're a little younger we have a little less work to do outside of school uh, but definitely the older they get and especially for my very um overachieving students who like to take all ap classes or all honors classes who then have a lot more work to do. And, you know, in high school, we know that the schedule, if it's game days, you could be getting home at like 10 o'clock at night some days and you still have to eat dinner. You still have to shower. You still have to do your homework. And that's a big challenge. And so a lot of it is um, it's hard because they can't just skip a practice, but it's it's helping them create structure for themselves. OK, so you have a study all here. So instead of talking to your friends for that 40 minute study hall, how can we use that time more wisely? What can you do to, you know, take yourself away from your friends? And I don't want you to isolate socially, but if you have work to do, how do we do that? And kind of helping them create a structure and create boundaries around those things um, and really teaching the study when you can <laughs> mentality, 
um, on the bus study, uh, you know, at the field, like, yeah, it's not, if you're a varsity player and you're having to watch the JV game, it's not ideal, but you could do both. You can kind of study for a little bit and watch your JV team play. Um, and so just kind of really using time wisely, creating structure, creating schedule. And then also for some of them, it's, you don't have to get straight A's. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to say that grades don't matter because yeah, they're important, but getting a B on an, on an assignment isn't going to make or break your, your grades. And so letting them know that like, you don't have to get an A on every single thing you do, as long as your overall grades an A, if that's what you're striving for, that's fine. And accepting like, sometimes that's going to happen. And sometimes that's just life. <laughs> okay. Um, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you want to make sure we do? I think that we've kind of hit on pretty much everything um, from injury to academics across the gamut of both young athletes to your high school and going on to collegiate. So I think we've hit on pretty much everything. Great. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Weldon. This was really helpful and I hope it helps a lot of athletes and their parents. Not a problem.